You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, Bears fans, and welcome to the Bears Link podcast, part of the Windy City Gridiron podcast network we're gonna do a little something new this week um bringing on a special guest this is going to be a two link episode with myself and my little brother kevin so this is gonna be a lot of fun and we got a lot to talk about so let's go bringing in my brother for this episode uh probably gonna make this a regular thing see how this this works out how you guys like it but uh yeah two people's better than than one i think um for the podcast and um yeah so we'll see we'll see how that works out but uh first things first kind of cap off the the miami debacle um i gotta say still still absolutely pissed off about this game Pissed about the officiating, the bad tackling, the heat, just everything about this game drives me crazy. And it's it's one of those games, you know, and anybody who saw the the, the Bill Belichick uh, press conference today or any of the quotes from him, um, you know, he said the, the Bears look like a 5-0 five, five and o team. And you know what? They're two plays away and four total points from, from being a 5-0 and o team. So... It is what it is. Frustrated as hell. Um, nothing ever goes right in Miami for the Bears, it would seem. And uh, look, the, the Dolphins got us again. Um, a lot of things to clean up from that game. I don't want to rehash it too much. Um, but, uh, Kevin, thoughts? Miami, how'd it work out for you? Did not work out well. Um I'm glad to see that you're back with uh, participating in football activities, though. I know that we talked after the game, or we texted first, and you said that you were you were done with with football. I think the... <laughs> I did pri- say that. Primarily with the officiating, and there was some questionable calls, but I feel like with every... First of all, these two losses have been just gut-wrenching. Absolutely. I, I don't... I can't recall just two, two losses... You only lost two games, but they both sucked. And uh, you just you look back. I feel like every time the Bears lose, I look back at the game, and I I just so there's always like a half dozen moments um, where if things would have broke your way, or you would have executed the play, you would have won the game. And for those reasons, I can't get too upset with the the officiating because the Bears uh, did themselves in all by themselves. And I I don't know what the like I I couldn't 
even understand why the defense just performed so poorly, even when I think at halftime they had only allowed seven points, and I still felt like it was a, a poor effort, and then it just exploded in the second half. Or yeah. imploded, I should say imploded. <laughs> yeah, it definitely imploded. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with you there. But at the same time, you know, look, we're upset about some things here, and it's important to take a step back and, and instead of the hot takes all the time, you know, look at a cold take, you know, when you have a chance to, to let things breathe. And, look, I think most of us expected the Bears to be more competitive in 2019 than in 2018. So, you know, the Mack thing definitely changed the expectations for this season, but so has a couple of breakout games by, by Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, to keep things in perspective, I think that the Bears are still a year ahead of schedule of what their timeline is supposed to be. But you, you mentioned the heartbreaking losses, and that's part of the NFL. And for, geez, what, four years prior to this, we weren't really part of the NFL. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, when you're the when you're a doormat, you're not part of the NFL. When you're part of the NFL, you're part of a cluster of teams that are going to win or lose close games on a, a single play or a handful of plays, you know, singular moments in the game end up costing you the game. Those weren't things that happened necessarily under John Fox or even Mark Trustman before. There were a lot of blowout games either either way mostly on the on the losing side mm-hmm. but now we're part of that group of NFL teams where you can say any given Sunday and it actually means it yeah I mean uh, that's a good point I mean we I I haven't even been this you know heartbroken by losses in, in recent memories so it is it is a good I guess it's a good sign that, that the the Bears can can ruin your whole week still because <laughs> before you just didn't really care. Um, That's true. I, I did. I moved, I moved on very quickly during the John Fox era after losses. I was just kind of like, meh, want to go get some tacos? You know, come on. So, but I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Miami game. Um, we all know what happened. I think that there were, you know, several factors in that game. Um, you, you can talk about the officials. I definitely have. You could talk about the heat. I've talked about that as well. Um, and, and that's that's certainly a factor. But, you know, we have a game coming up, and it's against a tough opponent. I mean, make no mistake about it, this is a team that almost everybody circled as a loss prior to the season. But you kind of look at it now and you go, I I don't know that that's necessarily a loss. And and you watched, you know, the Chiefs put up 40 points on that defense, running virtually the same offense, at least schematically. Maybe, you know, the players are obviously different. But... You know, the Patriots aren't the, you know, the vaunted team that they once were. And I think you're starting to see signs of, you know, Tom Brady kind of falling into that same category as as uh, Aaron Rodgers this year, where they're still really good, but they might not quite be the player they once were. And their numbers are bearing that out right now. So let's let's move forward. Let's move on to this game and... You know, let, let's talk about that. I, I know that, that you're excited about talking about this game a little bit. So, yeah, to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you when the schedule comes out and you kind of start mapping out your wins and your losses, 
and you really don't know what the hell you're talking about because <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. don't, you don't know. I feel like the more I think I know about football or more I watch football and the older I get, the more actually the less I know. Um, the, yeah, there's some wisdom in that. <laughs> that it's, it's, and it's such, and this year it's so week to week. I mean, every week or every, yeah, every week we look at around the NFL and there's, you know, the Buffalo Bills beat the Vikings and the uh, Lions beat the Patriots. Yeah. All the, the Dolphins beat the Bears with Brock Osweiler in the number one ranked, or I don't know if they're number one ranked defense at the time, but many people thought they were the number one defense in the NFL, especially around these parts. Yeah, they were number one in DVOA heading into that game. I don't. I think that they're they're third now. But but you look at the the schedule, and I always feel, and I, you're gonna lose games that you thought you were gonna win, and then you're gonna win games that you wrote down as losses. Hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully this is one of those games, and I feel like it's really important that it is now because you did lose uh, one of those games you thought you were gonna win. This the, the deck was stacked against the Dolphins, and you lost the game. So, and I, and you'll find that I'm pretty optimistic. I could talk myself into a win for the Bears pretty much every week, especially with this team. Um, the one thing that kind of gives me pause is that you lost last week, and I felt like the one thing going into that game that I needed to be answered was, was Mitch Trubisky and the offense going to sustain the success that they had against Tampa Bay, and they did, and then you lost. So now I'm kind of taking a step back. And I, I believe in our phone call after the Dolphins game, you were, you were pumping the brakes real hard on the Bears defense, and that that is very concerning for me as well at this point. I mean, if Khalil Mack, who's not one, who will probably not be 100%, definitely won't be 100% healthy in this game, and he wasn't in, in Miami, no one stepped up, and the tackling was atrocious. I I'm thinking that's going to be a blip on the radar, but. You know, even even the best defenses, you know, are going to have bad outings. But I am concerned because I think that if the Bears' defense does not return to form, I think the the Bears' offense has answered the bell. They look like they're for real. I think they're going to continue to, you know, they'll have their growing pains, but I think they're going to be pretty good from here on out. I I think that the Bears' defense needs to return to form if they're going to win this game. Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely absolutely the case um you know as far as the defense and 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 saying to pump the brakes i i was kind of on that early in the season when everybody was trying to tell me that they were they were elite and there were some things that gave me gave me a little bit of pause um first and foremost is i've never been a huge vic fangio fan um i i just i don't particularly love how he plays maybe four to six games a season and what his game plan is. And this was one of those games against the Dolphins where in the third quarter, the Bears, well, it was obvious that Khalil Mack was was injured in the first quarter. He was taped up. He was ineffective. Um, it was about the eight-minute mark of the first quarter that he got hurt. It was on the touchdown pass to uh, to uh, o, uh, O'Leary on the first what well, second drive of the game or whatever it was. Um, and in the third quarter, you saw a lot of blitzing by Vic Fangio. And that was the only time where you saw really any kind of pass rush at all. And, and they weren't getting home, obviously, because they didn't have any sacks. But you saw Brock Osweiler rush his throws. He was throwing errant 
uh, a lot of incompletions, a lot of three and outs, and a lot of short drives in, in the third quarter. And I think that there was an opportunity there to put that game away. And then you kind of stepped off of the gas a little bit once your offense started putting points on the board. And that is one of those things that just it just drives me insane. And you can't do that against Brady because Brady will kill you. Um, there's too many weapons. Brady's too good. This offense has been together for too long. They know it too well. And, you know, Belichick is a, is a guy who's never going to take the foot off the gas, ever. He could be down by 30 points in the fourth quarter or up by 30 points in the fourth quarter, and he's going to play it exactly the same way. So, you know, this is one of those games where, look, I mean, they get, they have to be sound on both sides of the ball or else – you know, this this game could get out of hand quickly like we've seen in previous matchups against the Patriots. So um, what about like a, like a key matchup? I, you know, there's, there's there's weapons. They got Edelman is healthy again. Um, Gronk is always a, a terror. Um, White is a guy who's become one of Brady's favorite targets. So just curious, what what's the what's the matchup that worries you the most in this game? I think that uh, the, the matchup, I don't know if there's a specific matchup. If you look at what the Bears have done to opposing tight ends, it's been, you know, they've had a lot of success, but Rob Gronkowski is an animal. There's no one like him. So they got to continue to just contain him. They've, I think they've done a really good job with the exception of Albert Wilson, who I wouldn't consider to be the guy that you came in saying, we got to stop Albert Wilson or we're going to lose the game. Um, but if you look at like Tampa Bay, the Mike Evans, they shut him down, contained him, at least contain him. So at least contain Rob Gronkowski. You're not going to stop him. You got to contain Rob Gronkowski, do what you do to tight ends. Um, I think that the, the guy I need to step up on the bears defense the most this week is going to be Leonard Floyd. Uh, I think that, uh, like I said, Khalil Mack, as we all know, will not be 100% and no one stepped up around him. Leonard Floyd is overdue for some sacks. Um, he's got the cast off, I believe, right? He's got full yeah, functionality. He's weeks. all of his extremities. Yeah. Um, so he needs to do some of those ninja moves that we were reading about in preseason. And he needs to get home. I don't. I don't even think he has. Does he? How many pressures? Does he even like? Has he even hit a quarterback this year? Like, I don't even know if he's hit anyone this year. Well, <laughs> he got a he got a rough in the passer penalty. He did get a rough week, and, so he, and he suplexed uh, Danny Amendola, or was it Danny Amendola? Danny yeah. Amendola. Yeah. So, uh, so he did do that, um, and he's and I understand that he had the club, and and I think he's played pretty well um, in other facets of the game. But you know, now it's go time. He needs he's he's got really no excuses anymore. He needs to hit the quarterback. Um, whenever, I just feel like historically, whenever we've seen Tom Brady lose big games, it's when you're getting pressure, bringing just four guys, and they're, it's relentless, mm -hmm. and he's not going to be able to, I mean, he can buy some time just moving around the pocket, but, you, you know, he's not like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to run around um, really anywhere. So you need to get home. You need to get him off his, his mark, off his spot, and hit him over and over again. <laughs> so no, I agree. Well, That's I don't, the key. I, I just don't think Khalil Mack's gonna. I mean, maybe he gets one one sack, but we're not gonna see Khalil Mack from weeks like one through 
four where he was uh, just destroying everything in sight. Um, so, and speaking of destroying everything, Akeem Hicks, you know, wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad idea if you know he got in in the action as well. Yeah, I, you know, to get back to uh, Leonard Floyd here for a second. Um, what I uh, another thing that I think that Vic Fangio has missed out on here is look, Khalil Mack can rush from anywhere on the field, and I understand if you have the thought process of well, he's Khalil Mack, he can line up wherever he wants. Well, I, I get that, but when the counterpart to him is only comfortable on one side of the field and all throughout training camp and all throughout the preseason, he was on one side of the field and then all of a sudden, a couple days before the season, Khalil Mack is here and now you flip them to the other side. Look, it, it's, I mean, just go out there sometime and try to, to take a, a, a football or a baseball or whatever ball you have lying around and throw it left-handed. See how that works out for you, or if you're It'll if work you out well if you're left handed. Well, okay. Well, whatever, <laughs> whatever throw, whatever, whatever hand you don't, you know, use as your dominant hand, or or try to swing a golf club, the opposite way. It, it's it's very unnatural, and for for Leonard Floyd, I think that that's been part of the problem. And and when you did see him get that rush that ended up being a roughing the passer penalty. He was on the left side, which is where he's been his whole career so far in all of the preseason. So I do think that that's what needs to be happening now, especially with Khalil Mack being a little bit hobbled, is I, I think it's time to say, look, Khalil, you are our best pass rusher. You're going to go up against the left tackle, who's usually the best pass protector on the other side. But Khalil Mack is both fast and powerful. He can beat you with any kind of move that you want to be beaten by. He has speed rush around the edge. He has a rip. He can has a spin move. He can set you up with the speed outside and come with the power, you know, right through you. It doesn't matter. He can beat you any kind of way you want to get beat. But Leonard Floyd is more of a finesse rusher. He uses his speed. He needs to be on a guy who's a little bit less fleet of foot, like a right tackle normally is. And I, I think that you'd get more out of him. Um, I also think that, you know, being judicious with, with the blitzing as Fangio has so far, um, is fine against Brady. I'd like to see maybe some of these lesser opponents when we do face them, you know, after the, the Patriots, you have the Jets and the Bills, um, in, in those games, I'd really like to see, you know, the, the blitz percentage go from something like the 10% that it's been at to, you know, 17, 18, closer to 20%, because, Look, let's face it, you can't re rely on Khalil Mack all season long. Uh, the guy is going to get double-teamed, triple-teamed. People are going to come after him. They're going to cut him. They're going to do all sorts of things. And, and by the way, that's how he got hurt. He got hurt because Frank Gore went low on him and tried to cut him, take his legs out. And Khalil Mack got his foot caught under there. Now, I, I don't. It's there's not really a great angle to see what happened. I don't know if his foot just got caught or if Gore kind of grabbing underneath there I, I don't think he's that type of player so I don't want to accuse him of anything but I, I don't know it, it, it was seemed weird the way that his foot got caught and then the way he looked back at Gore right after the play so I, I don't know what happened but clearly that's something that is going to be affecting him for at least this game and quite possibly the next few games so um, you know Fangio's got to do what he's got to do to, to get the pass rush going. And in my opinion, that's flipping Floyd over to the left side. So um, 
It's, it's interesting, actually. I did not know that he rushed from the left side um, historically. And <clears throat> it might be worth mentioning that the right tackle, I think his name is Marcus Cannon, for the Patriots, is in concussion protocol this week, much like a Laramie Tunsil last week. Um, that could be worth monitoring. They had to put in a backup. But... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, we, I even, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That that is an interesting take, though. Um, I, I don't think we've seen Leonard Floyd rush from that side, at all. I don't know. I haven't uh, counted. It hasn't, it hasn't been a lot. It's, it's usually been when, either when Khalil Mack wants to switch sides, but actually, a lot of times when he switches sides, Aaron Lynch has been the guy who rushes from the left, and not, and that's when Floyd's on the, on the bench. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Um, you know that it's not a huge deal, but I I think that it's it has the potential to give your pass rush a boost, and it's going to need it quite frankly against against Tom Brady and company. Um, real quick, you know before we uh, before we run out of time here, um, let's talk about the other the matchup on the other side of the field because I know a lot of people thought that heading into that Dolphins game that you know Jordan Howard was going to be the guy. And, and he was going to get all these touches and, you know, he was going to have this breakout game and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and clearly that, that didn't happen, um, just as I, I predicted it wouldn't happen. Um, I just didn't, didn't see that as being the game plan against that team. I thought that their, their, pass, or their run defense was better than their pass defense, which I think bared out, you know, as the game went on. You saw that. Um, when it comes to the Patriots, I think it's the same, same way. Now their run defense isn't isn't good by any means, but it's it is better than their pass defense. Their pass defense is not very very good. They're nineteenth uh, in DVOA in the NFL right now. So my question to you is, how do you see this game plan playing out from an offensive perspective? You know, I, I do want to answer this question, but I do want to backpedal for a second mm-hmm. on Jordan Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, why why do you think that he's struggled? so much this year i mean he has just not he's gotten off i mean sometimes game flow or the game plan has just led to you know at least in the past two weeks Tariq cohen having these big games but it just seems like jordan howard i don't know he just hasn't got i mean obviously hasn't got off to this great start and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for him to run but when Tariq cohen's back there he's just streaking down the he's just hitting the hole hard i mean it just seems like there's the the line the defense is like parting like the Red Sea for him and he's just so fast I mean he had the the I believe a draw play in Miami where I don't even think he got touched and he like had a 20 yard touchdown run and we're just not seeing that for Jordan Howard and I don't know if it's is it Jordan Howard is is the offensive line not getting a push I have I don't know what the answer is it, it's a combination of things um, I've looked into this this a little bit because I, I was curious. Um, the the first the first thing that people have to understand is that there's a new offensive line coach. Harry Heastan is here. He's got a little bit different way of of teaching blocking than um, you know previous coaches that have been here. So there, the offensive line is 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 thinking not only. Am I, do I know the play? Because you have a new offense that's been installed. But am I doing the technique correctly? 
here he stands, a guy who's going to get in your face, you know, bring you off to the side. He's going to work with you. So he's a guy who you don't want to let down because you know he's he's one of the best in the business. So there's a lot of that going on. The other thing is, last few years, or the last two years that Jordan Howard's been here, we were an outside zone running team. Matt Nagy brought over an inside zone scheme from Kansas City. So the basic difference between the two is outside zone is what you used to see from Peyton Manning and Edger and James back in the day when they would run what was called the stretch play. Uh, same thing with uh, Terrell Davis and with the Broncos, um, you know, back in the mid-90s. Basically, what we would see is you'd have all the linemen would be blocking in one direction, and that would give the running back a lot of time to pick and choose a hole and cut back into the hole that, that develops. There's going to be one that develops naturally. It's not necessarily designed to go to one particular place. Now, an inside zone is a little bit different because you have to make up your, your mind a lot faster. And so while if you look at the numbers, technically Jordan Howard is, is rushing better up the middle between the tackles than he is outside, um, I do think that the fact that he has to make his choice faster is affecting his vision overall. Um and I think that Tariq Cohen is being used more on the edges. And so that draw play that you you referenced a, a minute ago, um, if you look at that play, he's to the left of Trubisky in the shotgun. And there was no tight end to that side. So the blocking scheme actually kind of goes to the right. And they just there just wasn't anybody there. So a lot of it is, is the plays. Um, a lot of it also was early in the season. The Bears were running a considerable more amount of run plays underneath center than out of shotgun. I know, I know you hate that. I know. I do. Well, I don't like when when I know, for Jordan Howard at least. Well, I, I don't. I don't like it for Jordan Howard, but I also don't like the fact that it was out of balance. That's kind of corrected itself uh, the last couple of weeks. So it, it's something to monitor. I do think that it'll get better. The other thing with Jordan Howard is he's a volume runner. So what I mean by that is he's going to get his two, three yards he here lath- and there. He needs to get lathered up. But when, yeah, once he gets lathered up, he, he will start to break off those 15, 20-yard runs. And, I mean, the last two years he's had a, a multitude of runs that were over 20 yards. He was, mm-hmm. you know, top three in the NFL over the last two years in, in explosive running plays. So um, the fact of the matter is, is he's just not seeing the ball enough to get in that kind of groove. I mean, it's just like a quarterback. There's a rhythm to being a running back, reading your blocks, setting guys up so that you know you can cut back later in the game, things like that. So there's a lot of reasons why Jordan Howard is struggling. I just the, the, the thing for me, though, is I don't know that he's a great fit in this offense because I don't know that this offense is ever going to feed him the ball enough. For him to get lathered up like he did, a lot of lot of weapons, a lot of a lot of new weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one one stat that people like to throw around a lot is uh, the Bears' record when Jordan Howard has like twenty or twenty five. I can't even remember twenty care twenty plus carries. Let's call it Mm -hmm. for like nine and two or something. And I, I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on that. But personally, I don't think it really matters at all because. In my opinion, if you're if you got a guy carrying the ball 20 times, that probably means that you're already winning the game. Um, I don't think that you won because Jordan Howard carried the ball x amount of times. I think he carried the ball x amount of times 
because you were controlling the game. So I don't, I don't know if you think that's relevant at all. I mean, it sounds like you do think that he needs the reps in game to get going. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of a chicken in the egg thing. <clears throat> Certainly it's different for different running backs, but I think if you looked at those numbers overall, um, the numbers so far this season for running backs who've had a 100-yard game, it's it's something like 25 and 3 or 25 and, or 20 and 23 and 5 or something like that. I mean, it's 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 a big disparity, that's, but That's the win-loss? Yeah. Okay. It, it's 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 a lot. And, and across, obviously across the Bears the, across the had, NFL for yeah, this season. Yeah, obviously the Bears haven't had a 100-yard rusher yet. But I I think that that's an existential question. It's very much a chicken and the egg thing. Is are you winning the game because you have a hundred yard rusher or do you have a hundred yard rusher because you're winning the game? And I think you can think look at a, it. I think it's the second one. <laughs> uh, but see, yeah, and I, I I'm I think kind it's of a little bit of the first one, but mostly the second one. I, I, te- I tend to agree with you on that one. I think you, you need to have a lead to, to run the ball. Um, but you also have to have um, the kind of lead in the kind of offensive line that you just, you know, when you get to that point in the game, that they are blocking because they can smell a victory. They know that it's coming, and they know that they have to get this first down. They know that they have to get, you know, fi- you know, 15 more yards here, 20 more yards here to ice the game away so that the game is just over. And you, you start to see the, the competitiveness of offensive linemen. And as somebody who played offensive line and defensive line, I understand that that point of view where you get you get hungry for the victory at some point and you just start giving every ounce you have because you realize that the game is almost over and there isn't anything left for you to give anyway so there's just some teams that are better at that than others and you know I I think when you're when you're winning a game and you know that the victory is at hand and you know that you're going to have the disco ball party in the <laughs> locker room after the game, then you're looking forward to that and you're going, all right, I'm, I got to beat this guy's ass so that I can go, you know, dance on the disco party lights. With the boys, yeah. yeah. So let, let's bring it back full circle now to, to the Patriots, um, how the bears offense stacks up. So one of the major themes um, just leading into this game or over a two week span now, because the Patriots play the chiefs and people consider the Bears to be Chiefs light or a poor man Chiefs, at least at least on offense. Definitely not on defense. Um, yeah. And that's and so people think that's a big advantage for the Patriots that they have. Oh, we, we, you know we get to game plan. It's, it's the same game plan essentially, uh, two weeks in a row. Um, I I don't think that's a bad thing for the Bears because the Chiefs just dropped forty points, albeit in a loss. But it wasn't because of their offense. So the offense puts up 40 points for the Chiefs. Not saying the Bears will put up 40 points against or yeah against the Patriots. But uh, for me, like I was saying, they answered the bell in Miami. Not the reason they lost, although they did have some horrible turnovers um, in the process. But they they scored points, plenty of, enough points to win the game. <clears throat> they moved the ball, especially in in the second half. I think actually all their points were in the second half, weren't they? Yeah, it was 7-0 and They just half. rampaged them in the second half, and it just wasn't enough. But um, not worried about the offense at all. And if you look um, 
at some of the specific players. I know the Patriots, even though they did a good job containing him, except for the Philly special in the Super Bowl, Trey, they were very worried about Trey Burton. They're very worried about Trey Burton. And, you know, then let's go back, rewind two years ago, or was it two years ago? When they played the Falcons in the Super Bowl, Taylor Gabriel beat him deep on a, on a post, beat uh, Malcolm Butler, who seemed to fall out of favor in that last Super Bowl. He beat him for a touchdown, so the, the, they got some, some players that they're worried about, not to mention Tariq Cohen's, like my Ty- Tyreek Hill, not quite at that level, um, but he's been awesome the last two weeks. He's been super explosive. I expect the, the just the Bears' offense to continue rolling in this one. Um, not really worried about that side of the ball at this point. Um, the only thing I'm worried about and is something like what happened in week one where they do jump out to a big lead and we don't keep the pedal to the metal against Tom Brady of all people or, or you know and Aaron Rodgers of all people um, you gotta keep going and a stat I saw that horrified me um, I don't have the exact numbers was basically the Bears points for and Bears points against by quarter and they complete it's like not that bad in the, in the first quarter that's pretty even i can't remember i think the bears even win that quarter uh we are not week quarter two and three they just completely dominate their opponents this year and then you look at quarter four and it is um probably the biggest disparity uh, of all, I can't remember what the numbers were, but it was scary. There, I think they get, have given up like sixty points in the fourth quarter. Well, there's there's a few um, garbage time scores that but there are was, included. There in was that. 20, 21 points, I believe, by both the Dolphins and the Packers in the fourth quarter, yep. which are your two losses. You can't do that against Tom Brady. We've seen, um, harkening back to not just the Atlanta Super Bowl with that amazing comeback, but he's just done it throughout his career. Every time I watch a Patriots game uh, and they're down, I know that Tom Brady will make a game of it. I, I agree. So what's your uh, score prediction for the game? <clears throat> as you, as I said before, I'm very optimistic. I think, oh, score prediction. I think the Bears are going to win. Um, I think... They're gonna. I think they're gonna win, thirty-one to twenty-four is what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna think they're gonna win thirty-one to twenty-four. So I'm sure that would cover any spread too if you're betting. Well, the, <laughs> I think they're underdogs. Seems all the Bears are, are three-point dogs. Yeah. yeah, any win is gonna is gonna win you some money there. So. so I think the Bears' offense continues to roll. I think the Bears' defense does just enough with a hobbled Khalil Mack. Returns to form a little bit, gives Tom Brady trouble. I think he he has a flurry at the end, makes it makes a sweat. Um, thirty-one twenty-four Bears. Yeah, so I got him at thirty-one twenty-seven. So we're close there. So well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Bears Link podcast, featuring not one but two links. Um, you can find my work at uh, Windy City Gridiron, um, occasionally at the Loop Sports. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at BearsLink82. 
And also don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my Patreon page as well. Uh, that's www.patreon.com backslash bearslink82. So that's going to do it for this episode. And bear down, folks. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.